Hello, Victoria. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. And it's, it feels like we've been doing this You Didn't Let Me Finish podcast podcast forever. And I suppose in some well, ways we Well, you haven't. haven't been letting me finish for a very long time. I, do, I wish you'd never got me started. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> um, yeah, what is this now? So are we in lockdown now or not? What's happened? Is it? Well, you can tell. Our fans will know how long we've been in lockdown for because our podcast coincides with the beginning of lockdown and the opening gambit of what to do with a body. Yeah, but what I don't understand is exactly what situation are we in now? Are we in lockdown or not? Because, I mean... Oh, I thought you were asking how long we've been in it for. No, but you didn't let me finish. Actually, you did. You did let me finish. I finished. No, and you I still just didn't, didn't listen to you. <laughs> yeah, you st- I did finish, and you still didn't understand. Never mind. Um, I'm giving you a taste of your own medicine. You can, <laughs> you can hear, and I'm leaving the bits in now in the edits, of how often you don't listen. And you do, your interest just trails off when you're even saying the first sentence. Oh, really? Should I put like, that in my? Should I put that medicine in my pipe and smoke it? I think that's the medicine of your daily pipe smoking, is it not? <laughs> pipe smokers <laughs> of the world unite. Pied piper, more like. I just, um, I... I'm a bit concerned about this lockdown. Is I'm having anxiety. Oh God! <laughs> Tell me <laughs> as more. You can probably hear. Tell me Ooh. more. It's all going to be a bit strange because people will be like, oh, you can go out. And then you'll feel this kind of pressure to go out and do things. I just realised something. Uh, we haven't told new listeners who we are. Oh, yes. <laughs> Victoria, I think. I'm Victoria and I'm soon going to be let loose on the rampage again. I think I'm a journalist and all-round woman. God. I'm Ben Ando. I'm a former BBC correspondent, former BBC crime reporter, and now I suppose I'm a podcaster. I'm doing a little bit of writing and struggling manfully through the lockdown like the rest of us here. Or womanfully. Well, manfully or womanfully in your case. I'm womanfully. Manfully, womanfully, or non-gender specifically through the lockdown. Have you put on weight in lockdown? No, I haven't. I've been really careful not to. I've actually done lots. Well, I've is been that doing due to your lifestyle choices? Well, I've been lo- I was doing lots of cycling right until I fell over the handlebars and broke my ribs. But apart from that, I've been doing lots of exercise. I went How out... did you not put on weight after you broke your ribs? Um, it's a really good question. I just, I just, I ate less. I mean, it's 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 quite simple, really. I mean, it takes a. God, that's really boring and disciplined for a fatty know, like you. I know, I know, I know. I'm become very. So boring. you're no longer in the fatty club. Oh, I'm never going to be a skinny guy, but I wouldn't call myself fat. Okay, so you told yourself, yeah, but that's due to, as I'll say it again, down to your lifestyle choices. I certainly know. When I walk down the street, beautiful women nudge each other and say, who's that not quite as fat as he used to be guy? God, have you been taking drugs again <laughs> now that uh, <laughs> they're not able to be transported and you're just scoffing a lot well, you in t- your local hood? You did tell me to put it in my pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I shall nudge you again and see if you rise to it and say, firmly in the throes of a midlife crisis, you will be watching things like your weight. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be buying a sports car next. Actually, I'm going to get a new car this week, but I'm going to be getting... Are you? Yes. Well, I'm going to go and see the people about possibly getting a new car, but the new car I get is going to be exactly the same as the old car. It's going to be a very sensible SUV because I'm... For such a big show-off, I'm amazed that you don't have a more flashy car. I know. And you know what the most important thing about the car is to me? <laughs> Let me guess. Uh, is it a drink holder? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's... That's quite important. <laughs> the most important things about the car are, one, that it has cruise control, two, that it's yeah. got air conditioning, and three, what colour it is. Apart from that, I don't care at all. I'm just so You're not a car. You're such a lady. I mean, I am. I'm so not a car person. It's untrue. What colour is it? 
Well, I don't know yet. I haven't chosen it, but I'm thinking I might get something that's oh. sort of like a, I don't know, a dark metallic blue or green or something. So I've got, a, I've got like a gunmetal grey one at the moment. I'm bored of that now. Well, I'm bored of that gunmetal grey. God, how wild! Oh, no, the king of rock and roll. Only your midlife crisis is so boring. <laughs> I can't believe that you're accusing me of having a dull midlife crisis. This is <laughs> well, it clearly harsh. is. There's going to be like a family people carrier. <laughs> Where you, it's hardly a, a fanny magnet. Hang on, it's, a, it's not a minivan, it's an <laughs> SUV. Can I just clarify, it's not a minivan, it's an SUV. I don't really know about my classifications. I know that it's not a sexy car. No, it's not, that's true. It's not sexy like my big drug dealer car. Mm. Anyway, you know that people say that thing about how cars are penile and like men buy an E-type Jaguar because it looks like a penis. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't actually know the shape of the car was important in that. What do you think is the theory, then, if it's not the shape? What is it? Oh, I just thought it was like being flashy, and if you had a bit of rev to your engine, then you could pull the ladies. Oh, OK. Because, you see, I've got a theory, which is not that the car is a penis substitute, but the car represents the woman you'd like to be with. <laughs> what did you... Didn't you have a Citroën Picasso? No, I had a, I had a Renault <laughs> Megane. Seen it. <laughs> So what what kind of woman does a Renault Megane represent? I don't know, one who's capacious and, and gets you there in her own good time. One with cruise control. <laughs> oh definitely, I, I like I definitely like cruise control. I like air conditioning. I like a nice a nice a nice sunroof. <laughs> Goodness, but does the same say, does it say the same for a woman? I don't what know. What kind of car she drives? What do you drive? I drive a Lexus. Oh, well, there you go. Good news for me. You've got a flashier car than I have. i tell you what, though. It's, um, yeah, it's much more wild than I am. Do you feel good when you're cruising around the mean streets of Plymouth in your Lexus? Are people nudging each other <laughs> saying, who's that rich bitch in the Lexus? One thing that's really pissing me off at the moment on poxy Facebook and sodding Twitter is these people... That are, you love. Oh, I, I go on them, yes, but I don't... You love I, do poxy I love Facebook. Do, it's for middle-aged life crisis. Do I like love you. them? No, I'm not sure I love them, but th th there's a thing doing the round about how... Oh, look at my watercolours on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I, I, Who's middle-aged now? You're jealous of my watercolour. You know that I've got real talent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but I think I fluked it. I'm joking. I just had to display them I, so that all the middle-aged women on my account could go, well, that's brilliant. You're so in touch with your feminine side. <laughs> I, I'm sensing jealousy at another certain middle-aged woman. <laughs> oh, no, it's hatred. <laughs> um, what I was going to say was on Facebook, I'm sick of having to, this, this post that keeps going around with people saying, journalists are misjudging the mood of the nation. Fuck it. Oh, I haven't seen that F one. Fuck them. Fuck it. Fuck, fuck em. you. I mean, it's not for journalists to sort of be cheerleaders for the government and say, yes, we're all in to get together. And even though the government's fucked up royally time and time again, everything's OK. No, of course journalists should be calling out the government where they screwed up. But they're not. You look at the big ones and they just get wheeled out and they, they're thinking more about how their hair looks and you know it and they should have been axed ages ago. They need me. Um, I wouldn't have been thinking more about how my hair looked. <laughs> well, at least not the hair on my head. Well, even thinking about that hair would be an improvement on what they're doing. I tell you what, one, thing, one great thing about being a bald man who actually shaves his head is that you don't care about when hairdressers are coming back. I mean, all these angst-ridden posts on Facebook and Twitter about, oh, my God, my hair, I'm looking like cat weasel, I'm looking like Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Tough shit, mate. Well, you know, it's, this is why it's great being bald. 
love to be bored. Talking about people who don't give a fuck. Mm. Can we talk about Durdle Door? Yes, we can. Oh, Christ. I went to Durdle Door with uh, my youngest daughter, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before. We had a little day out there. It was lovely. It was the middle of winter, so it was deserted. We actually had a really nice day, but it was That's deserted. That's the best time to go. I know, and it was really, really lovely. Is lockdown over or not? I mean, we've got Dominic Cummings driving up and down the country willy-nilly and people are saying, well, if he can do it, then, then fuck her. I'll do it as well. And everybody's thinking, everybody else has got to abide by the guidelines. Guidelines are absolutely right for other people to abide by. But, of course, I'm me. And, of course, just little old me won't make a difference if I just take my family for a day out at the beach. But, of course, everybody else needs to follow the guidelines. And, of course, you've got everybody thinking that they would make the best decision for themselves, assuming that the rest of the country will actually toe the line and follow the guidelines. So no it's all going to end in disaster. Well, it's going to end in, I suppose, a second wave, isn't it? And what I don't understand is these people who are shielding, who, I mean, I'm t talking to my elderly relatives, and they're all depressed one second. The next second is like, go out. Actually, by the, time, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be possible to meet with six people from two metres apart. Who's going to... I've seen people... Do you mean our future will be their past? <laughs> do, 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 do. Yeah, quite. <laughs> Um, but I've seen people here when it's been kind of quite severe and everyone's supposed to be shit scared flouting those restrictions massively people who I live near <laughs> shall I say I mean they're now fully there, there are no restrictions whatsoever this is what they've taken it to be and if they're trying to do anything and the pandemic is still staying you know, it's not going to... The problem it's is... It's not going to do I mean, anything. It's I mean, just going to spread. Look, I mean, you know, we can prattle on all day, but this is a true crime podcast. And the question is, where is the crime? So it was quite... I thought it was quite clear before. It was quite clear when we were in lockdown that if you went out, you'd probably get fined if it was a non-essential trip. And if you did stupid stuff, then you could well get fined. Now, suddenly, I'm seeing that police in the West Midlands and Birmingham are cancelling fines that were issued during the lockdown because those people who were fined are quite reasonably saying well hang on if Dominic Cummings can drive up up the country just because he's got a potentially poorly child when he wasn't they didn't even know they had Covid they thought they might have it then how can you have fined me when I did that thing that I did that you fined me for and so they're literally cancelling fines and changing the law to keep one man in a job it's just insane but hey I mean, when it comes to criminality... Those people going this, to get kebabs will be going crazy. Well, I mean, the only good news is, I suppose, for those who followed our advice in the very first podcast we did and did actually kill the person they were um, locked down with and have carefully and very, you know, methodically um, disemboweled them in the bath, as we, as we discussed, and they've flushed away all the blood. So they've now got basically... Boiled heads. They've now got a, sort of a, a, a few um, large desiccated body parts to get rid of. The great news now, I suppose, is that nobody's going to look in their boot when they're driving around because everybody's driving around. You've got safety in numbers. Yes, but um, the guilt will have been with you. I mean, you know, let us know. How's it, how's it been living with the guilt of following our instructions from a podcast? No, the guilt wouldn't have faded at all. The guilt would have got worse. There would have been nightmares. And then the guilt would have been replaced by a sort of nagging realisation that when lockdown started, sort of 12 weeks in the future seemed like an eternity away. And now we're we're quite close to that um, and you know the lockdown measures are definitely easing so now it's time to buckle up and prepare for the next stage of the journey which is where you try some find, somehow a you've got to dispose of the body which we just talked about but then you're going to also get all the neighbours who are starting to talk to each other again and say oh how you know where's where's Gladys what's up with her and you'll be saying well you know she um yeah she left me about eight weeks ago she went I think to stay with her old mother in Stourbridge or something and you'll be sort of like I don't know, questions are going to start getting asked. You're going to have to, you're really going to have to, 
get your story straight and stick to it and style it out. I've got to say, I don't think we did our job properly Why not? on that point. On body disposal, there's more to be said. Go on, then. You say, you say what needs to be said, Mitz. Right. What we didn't cover was burning. And the reason I know this is because we have a celebrity listener who has, who's a friend of the podcast now and may well be joining us. I won't say any more than that. Um, but that person is a criminologist. And these are some clues that um, I'll leave you guessing with. And they have encountered many, many murders. And burning was proposed to me for a much better solution to body disposal and we didn't cover it mm. and I felt at a loss when he suggested it to me that's interesting that's very I mean I've got a chimney in the garden I wonder if I should have used that your chimney is too oh yeah you could do it in bits and pieces but yeah. what I'm trying to say is that you always pose the scenario of the body being loaded into a boot but this renowned criminologist mm. celebrity person yeah. raised the point to me mm. that most bodies after their murder don't get moved that far. Ah, that's interesting. And he talked about something which I referenced in our last podcast about the April Jones murder. They only found a fragment of a skull in the fireplace. So they guess he burnt her, but the fact that they only found that meant that it was quite a thorough method. Wow. The other very, very famous case, I suppose, of the body not being moved very far, and this does echo exactly what the mystery celebrity guest said, he or she... <laughs> Guest to be. Sorry, the, mis the, the mystery celebrity potential guest to be. What <laughs> he or she said. This is echoes that, which is the case of Tia Sharp, who was the um, teenager who disappeared in Croydon. I remember famously the police... The mystery celebrity guest worked on that trial. Ah, oh, right, that's interesting. So There's another clue. That was in 2012, wasn't it? And um, I know that the police went into the house where she had been with her... Um, grandmother and her grandmother's partner and they, they looked for her but didn't find her there was a huge missing persons thing it was come home Tia where are you Tia and um, the, 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 this partner of the grandmother uh, who, who was the killer um, was walking around with t-shirts saying please help us find Tia and all this kind of stuff and actually when the police sort of thought about it they went back and had another look and they found her body in the um, in the loft space and uh, yeah. there was a bit of criticism about, hold on, guys, how come it took you about a week and a half to find a body in the loft? When it's really the first thing. You... But it turned out there was a bit of a mix-up between forensics teams. I think the, the one scene of crime team thought the other already had searched the loft or something. There's, there's, there's some kind of um, confusion there, anyway. Hang on, I'm just trying to kind of get your point about that, that it... What, no, what it, it was... It's to do with body Well, it was, it was merely agreeing with our celebrity <clears throat> guest-to-be, be it he or she that the body often doesn't move very far from the place of death. Oh, I see. But don't the police know that? Yeah, I think the police probably do know that. And that's why, I mean, any murder investigation, any, any you know, detective will tell you that with a, when a, with a murder investigation, you start with the victim and you move out from them. So all the people who knew them in their immediate ring, parents, children, family members, they're your first port of call. They're the first people you look at potentially as suspects, obviously. So if a woman goes missing, the first person you look at is her partner, and the chances are they're your first suspect you think about. And if they clearly have a cast iron alibi, clearly didn't do it, then you move out beyond, you move out beyond. And it's, you, you know, in, in sort of 90 percent of cases, you find the culprit, the killer, in sort of one of those first two or three concentric rings around any given individual. 
the, that's why the, 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 the crimes often that are the hardest to solve, the ones that we really hear about, are the ones where it's somebody who's a complete stranger, like Roy Whiting we've talked about, had no link whatsoever with Sarah Payne's family, nothing to do with them at all. And that's, and of course, the police did catch Roy Whiting, but that's what makes it difficult. Or, or the Night Stalker cases, you know, the rape cases that we talked about, Delroy Grant, again, he had no link whatsoever to the victim, so it's very difficult to, I mean, that was murder, that was rape, admittedly, and sexual assault, but if the victim has no real link to the attacker or the killer, then aside forensic evidence, it's very difficult to find, to find them. And that leads me back to burning. I still like to ask our lovely listener to get back to us with any other potential body disposal methods that you have either been um, having to do whilst listening to this podcast while you frantically get ready for the restrictions to be lifted and people to start smelling the pong around your house. I mean, talking of body disposal, this brings me to another case that one of our listeners reminded me of, in fact, which is um, Gareth Williams, who was a mathematician who worked for ah. GCHQ and was you know, involved Can with MI6. Can I interject there quickly? You can also refer, reference that on our Twitter at YDLMF podcast. Yes, you can. Good thinking. You can see Good that thinking. interaction and you can see something else I'm going to throw back to you in a moment. Go on. Okay. And um, anyway, the, and his, his body was found in a small bag and the police concluded that he had somehow zipped himself into the bag. And a lot of people think that that's a complete load of hokum because the flat had been forensically cleaned and he was a high-level mathematician working with GCHQ and seconded to MI6. So there was clearly a, um, an espionage element to this. But uh, the, the coroner's inquest, as I said, found that um, he had supposedly been able to zip himself into this bag and there, was no, there wasn't enough evidence to give any kind of verdict of unlawful killing. But the query on that was... How do you do that? Because it's almost impossible. They tried, I think, 400 times to reconstruct that with quite nimble people and they didn't manage. So they said there was a very, very small chance that would be possible. So what actually happened? Well, we don't know. I mean, the, the theory is that these two Russian agents, for whatever reason, went in there, killed him, put him in the bag and then forensically cleaned the place. No, but they couldn't it. put him in the bag. That's the whole point. That um, wouldn't rigor mortis is that still a thing does that still happen anymore or do people eat too much quinoa for it to work well maybe they they put him in the bag alive and then left him to die in the bag because there comes a point where you're constrained in something like that and you you suffer an asphyxiation death because you can't actually breathe because it's um it's the same as when police crush people or hold them down and they can't breathe and they they die it's um but they didn't conclude asphyxiation did they no they they found that the death was un was unnatural, likely to have been criminally meditated, and on the balance of probabilities that he was killed unlawfully. But there wasn't enough evidence to give an actual verdict of unlawful killing. I mean, th there had been talk of it being suicide or even of being some kind of autoerotic um, thing where, you know, Williams had a particular predilection for being put into constrained spaces, but uh, that was dismissed as well. Sort of womb-like, mm -hmm. maybe. Womb-like. Back to the womb. Back to the... North Face wound. A wound with a view. Well, with not very much oxygen. I think that's what the coroner concluded, that if that was the case, then... Oh, no, it was the people investigating it who said that they would soon run out of oxygen. So you're probably right. I quite like that. Well done. You mm. solved it. Hey, there we Have go. you told the police it. yet? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to hear from me. 
Another thing that that same listener flagged up was us talking about the fake sign language person at <laughs> Nelson Mandela's funeral. Yes. <laughs> and very kindly put up a video for our reference, which is why I gave out our Twitter handle. So you can have a look at the video of some American show getting a proper signer to translate someone who's, you know, really renowned in the industry to, to translate what he actually said. And it was just, and he, his words, gibberish. <laughs> so I thought that was quite jolly. Thank you a lot for that, because um, I really did laugh out loud. Twitter handle at YDMLF podcast. We were talking about these people in lockdown and Durdle Door and going there and just crowding onto this beach. And the other thing that really made me angry, and I thought, is there a crime here or not, is that there's a lot of parks now where people have been away from them for weeks and weeks and then we're having sort of nature and wildlife returning and suddenly people are resuming out and having picnics and you're looking at, I'm seeing images of parks on social media, on the news, etc. that are just literally a patina of rubbish and discarded wrappers and boxes and um, serviettes and things like that and you're thinking, come on, if you're going to go to a park, whether it's lockdown or not, please, can't you just tidy up after yourself? I mean, what are you, scum? Oh dear. Listen, this is a crime, true crime podcast, not an old lady waffling soapbox. It makes me very excuse. angry. It makes me very angry. It is a crime. But the police have got so much to do. People are taking the mickey, aren't they, really? Yeah, that's true. I mean... I think that's what people are bargaining on. And that's don't. certainly been happening around here. Yeah, I mean, you are stuck in. You are able to see what your neighbours are doing. I don't know if other people have been too... I don't know if scared's the right word, because I just don't want to be seen to be dobbing people in. But at the same time... You're I a born dobberinner. <laughs> that sounds like a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's there is a lot people of... who are flouting it most who are banging on about, oh, my, don't, don't let your children out because my children can... And you can't say anything? This person is banging on on the local groups about how they're adhering to it and they're suffering from depression because they they can't go out and their their children are really suffering and they're they're having day trips out now yeah but that's is okay. that allowed but yeah i think but this is the thing i don't know i think it is allowed yeah i don't know what's allowed. I th I th that's what's getting me down the uncertainty uncertainty confusion of perceived lack of fairness they're the things that get you down they're the things that breed Mitzi's, anxiety it's confused you don't know where you stand and the thing is, as soon as you don't know where you stand, you're thinking, hang on, is that person taking the piss? And should I be angry about that? Or is that person take, or am I being mugged off here and I could be doing more? <laughs> am I being mugged off, said every chav ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go and look at a picture of right. Durdle Door, of, of the beach, and the people yeah, and then you've got the, the and the photo That's I've seen. That's a crime. Correct. That is a crime but right you, there. And you've got the helicopter landed to presumably the, the, the air ambulance has landed on the beach to take away these people who have hurt themselves jumping off a cliff, presumably into what the were they? Did, it, did we get to the bottom of what? No, uh, I haven't. The I think that, all I know is they were jumping off a cliff. Now, I don't know if they were jumping off a cliff onto some hard rocks or jumping off a cliff into the water and missed the water and hit hard rocks. But Nobody were, said on the news No, staff, they were badly hurt. Now... You've got this helicopter. Of course, the helicopter needs a kind of a, you know, 10 or 15 metre zone around it to land safely in. And then you, so the people who are on the beach have now been herded into one corner of the beach. So they're even more com tightly compacted than they were before. And they were tightly compacted beforehand. I mean, I know. It's just... Well, these beach photos, people love are like, ooh, 
when they kind of you know get a photo where people look really close together when they're not but is it not breaking the law to be so close to each other I suppose the other thing is and this comes down to confusion is what exactly is the safe minimum distance anyway? I mean, we've been talking about two metres in this country. The World Health Organisation says one metre is enough. And also, if you're outdoors, it's again, it's said that it's incredibly unlikely that the virus will be transmitted between people. The, the vast majority of transmissions occur in a confined space, such as a house, and between family members, or possibly in a work situation, or in a, a social situation like a disco or... A, Disco, God, how old am I? Um, a club or a bar where people are crammed up close together. Well, that wouldn't happen to you anyway. No, I never go to pubs or bars or clubs or discos. Oh, you do go to bars. We've been I to bars I together. like going to bars. Yeah, bars are good. But I'm not, I'm not one do for you? clubbing and discos anymore. You like it if you see a fancy lady that you know, fancy I, celebrity lady. I, I don't like to trip. across the room. I'll never let that one die. I don't like to trip the light fantastic. Which fancy celebrity lady was that? There is a fancy celebrity news lady who shall remain nameless, but I shall give as many clues as our potential celebrity guest, so you'll be able to guess them within about yeah. two seconds. I suppose, you, first of all, we'd we know it's a female. Oh, yes. that You can know she's a female. That's yeah. fine. Because um, this one needs a little bit more, because there are quite a few people who fit that job description, actually, yeah. um, especially in your phone Rolodex. You and I were standing at a Christmas party, and... All of a sudden, what feels like a spotlight, it felt like, oh, God, what's that fighter's name who just recently fought Tyson oh, Fury? Yeah, Tyson Fury, yeah. It was the similar thing when the light shone on him at the corner in Las Vegas. It, this is what happened to this celebrity newswoman who shall remain nameless. And uh, she came in with an entourage. And this person... <laughs> I know presents. who you mean. And I, this is just <laughs> and so funny. And you, you, pathetic, clamouring. And she noticed, because there was like, oh, which other, which other people who've been on telly could I possibly wave at from my red carpet entrance into a bar in Soho, wasn't yeah, it? I mean, Soho, it was a ho, downstairs Soho bar. And, uh, and she gave you a nod and you nearly wet yourself with eager, <laughs> eagerness. I think you're being a little do bit unkind here. I think we are no, mutually respectful friends. You did, and you you did just stand on like tiptoes and like stand it. on tiptoes, Ben, and, and hey, kind of reach over for a little salute. In I, the I, I like people that are friends with people. Oh, you just like the fact that she'd acknowledged you. And everyone seems to think this lady is... Um, oh, oh and it. here she's, it she's comes. Like... Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Meow. <laughs> okay, cracking on. Mm. Okay. And if you want to talk to us, you can tweet us at YDLMF Podcast. You can email us at you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. And oh, fantastically that you've said that because that's the most important thing. Yes. I, we love getting your interactions, but. Can you behave yourselves, our darling <laughs> listeners? And if you could use the email if you want to make a point, then I can get your name so we can include you. And it doesn't have to be, of course, you can call yourself Kissable Hot Lips if you want to. Um, I mean, God. a few people <laughs> we've referred to may want to write in. They should certainly use that moniker. <laughs> the email oh, you, okay, is the email. you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com. The Twitter handle is ydlmf. Podcast. Yeah, but I want to get people away from Twitter and onto our emails to ask questions and to interact with us, just because we can then round them up in one place and we don't lose them, because 
Ben can't remember yesterday, so it's very difficult to get us to round things up that have happened. And we love your interactions. What we can't want to I make remember? Them. Well, you know, when I say, oh, can we reference that? You're like, what? Who am I? Where am I going? It's <laughs> oh. a bit harsh. Mm, it's but kind yeah, of okay. true. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, we want to thank you for your interactions because we value them and we want to read them out if you bother doing them so the other thing I'd like to say is thank you for listening to our podcast friends and I've had a lot of fun being able to actually listen to a few other true crime podcasts the true crime enthusiast always good to interact with you in any way the lady justice podcast and a podcast that i've recently been tuning into is the reverie true crime podcast because i think that you're eminently listenable and um, Paige, who's the host is from mississippi and i really love your side comments and my left are... side of left side or pi and i'm going to sort of use this throwing out to you to get you to listen to us and see if the way that we talk is as endearing as the way that you talk. It's absolutely lovely, and I'm very much enjoying that. The way what we talk? Yes, it's so much sort of different. And I love the fact that personal asides, there's so much in this podcast, there's so much factual work that goes into it. But at the same time, there are these kind of personal tidbits which are insightful and um, heartening. Oh. The one that I've been listening to is the... Um, Dennis Nielsen. Oh, Dennis Nielsen, him. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I love the fact that you're talking about UK stuff because obviously everyone likes their own stuff. So yeah, that's just a big shout out to all the other podcasters who are really supporting us. Thank you, podcasters. Um, and I think that's it. It is, that's it. Don't fear the pants out of it. Oh, wow. Get you. There's a, there's a, there's a slogan right there. Who's been saying that? There's your damn slogan right there. They, no, somebody said oh. it about Dominic Cummings, didn't they? Did they? Don't, tear, don't no, tear the, they're saying it. it's one of the Don't tear chief. the pants out of it, the, uh, the new lockdown measures. That's what they're saying, isn't it? Oh, I can't read my own writing. It's fear, not tear. <laughs> I'm getting it confused with SpongeBob SquarePants. Don't tear. Who told my... <laughs> it's absolutely true. He said, um, he said don't be an idiot who rips your pants. <laughs> don't, don't tear the reaper. Right, but yeah, don't tear the pants out of it. Yeah. That's a new slogan. Absolutely. When you're actually listening to this, you might actually be sitting there happily two metres away from all your chums. You might be. I hope you enjoy yourself. Is Anything it... else funny to go out on? Uh, no, uh, not from me at all. I've got nothing funny to say whatsoever. Never have, never will. Mm, don't we have any little ditties? Something new's <laughs> gone. Ditty? <laughs> okay, the only thing I do want to say is that we were talking about female newsreaders a, slight, a few minutes ago, weren't we? Oh, yes, have you gone back? Let's go back to your girlfriend. It's <laughs> not my girlfriend, but... There, she ain't there, my girlfriend. The thing that I, 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 that always I find slightly confusing about female newsreaders is that th there is definitely a sort of a, a look to them and they always have a sort of like a sort of a uniform where they always having to have to be wearing something shiny and it could be shiny silver shoes or it could be like uh, some kind of shiny brooch or something but it's always like they have to have something shiny on look at me i'm wearing something shiny i, I never wanna... wear anything i'm a radio journalist and 
you know, jewellery seems to be a waste of time because if you put earrings on, you're popping headphones on and off. If you're actually doing something, you can't be a shiny lady. You're talking about the telly people. Yes, exactly. New female newsreaders on telly, they come in, they sit down, they read stuff out, they get up and they walk away. And for, to do that, they seem to have this uniform, which is ludicrously high heels and always something shiny. And I don't The understand. ludicrously high heels, I am an expert on. They go on a few seconds before they go on air. By the way, everyone, I'm shattering the illusion because you can't actually walk in them. Yeah. They might totter around the teeter, totter. They totter around, around the newsroom in them. them, yeah, they do. Um, just to talk to people like you who fools the fact that they look like that all the time. But then off comes all the slap, off come the uh, grey wrinkly tights. <laughs> you mean the American tan tights? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Describe the tights. <laughs> American tan. <laughs> <laughs> like um, that skater. <laughs> yeah, like a skater tights where they're, sort of, they're almost like the thickness of a pair of trousers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who's that skater that I was watching the documentary about? No, it's Tonya Harding you're thinking of. Tonya Harding. Harding. Oh, she's awesome. So she's a criminal. She's, oh, we've got to talk about that one. Yeah, That's we'll brilliant because I watched that film and, we'll do, and we can just talk yeah. about the film and pretend yeah. it's I, true. Talking about female celebrity, on, glamour, then. news people... I'll leave you to guess who this is and see if you can remember the incident. <laughs> I toddle up to the correspondent desk yeah. looking for somewhere to sit and it's kind of around lunchtime-ish because that's whenever I would kind of come and find you <laughs> be to go and find some food like two little piggies. And, uh, and I wanted to sit down somewhere so I just found a seat roughly next to where you were stationed and, um, and sat in it and then I could feel the presence next to my shoulder and it was one of these celebrity news, well, she thought she was rather more celeb than she actually was, lingering around next to me because she wouldn't actually speak to a low-life, non-celebrity journalist. And she, you had to get me up out of the seat because it was apparently <laughs> her seat. The great thing about it is that you're obviously not bitter. I haven't been thinking about it for six years. <laughs> six, ten years more like. <laughs> <laughs> this is a decade of seething resentment and hate. Yeah, I know exactly. Do you remember you her? A decade of seething resentment and hate. Do you remember the incident up. at TVC? Is this it? Is this your revenge? Finally, Television centre. Finally, glad it all got in a bulldozed. This is the. I know this is the only reason that we started doing these podcasts <laughs> is so that you can unload <laughs> about these seething bitter resentments in your life. These these perceived slights and insults. Excellent. You're complaining about litter. Yeah, I know. I'm, we're, we're just a pair of pathetic has-beens. But that's because I'm. Well, I'm. I never was. I, I think that's. I think my complaint about letter just about sums up. You the kind have of sad fans. Well, actually, can I, I just am. tell you, I have fans. Fans and skills. I did want to crowbar it into this podcast somehow. <laughs> I've had a few kind of unsavoury emails. Oh, what from middle-aged men? I don't know who they're from. They're kind of often people without pictures, going. Oh, I just seen your pug cut. They don't actually. The tone of them, I know not what. <laughs> I'm okay. just transposing that, um, saying, "Oh, you look very nice." <laughs> very nice. Very nice, and it's a bit like, "Oh, just listen to my podcast." You know, yeah. I, I'm kind of half a mind to go, "Just listen to my podcast," then I'm happy. Um, but it's usually completely. I've seen your podcast stuff. Of, you know, <laughs> but you you look nice so, in that so picture. Set against that, why the hell? Did you upload that sort of short gif of you winking saucily? I've got to say there was a small influx of two emails after that. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think my raised eyebrow got more response than that. You got more engagement than me. I bet you did, actually. I, I think... No, you got more views, oh. but I got more people clicking where it counts. <laughs> where does it count? <laughs> I, I, I don't think I want to be clicked where it counts. You deserve to be clicked where it counts. <laughs> Click around the ear.